0: my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, our mission to serve and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. In today's episode, it's graduation time. I'm going to give my commencement address to the class of 21. Also, a deadline is looming for you to save money on all the pictures you take. So it's so funny, I did not do a graduation commencement speech for any high school or college last May during the peak of the pandemic, and I'm not doing one this year either, unusual for me. So I thought I would do a virtual commencement address, and this is a time of such optimism and such joy whether your education ends at high school, trade school, technical college, undergraduate, graduate, whatever. Now, I just used a phrase that is something I talk about anytime I talk to a group, and that's education end. And then I use that as a launching pad. And if you're a regular listener, you already know what I'm going to say next. But if you're not, or you're like, huh? The deal is, we used to think of education ending the day you graduate from whatever the last school you're going to attend is. But the job market is way too dynamic for that. Do you know somewhere, perhaps maybe three quarters of jobs that exist today will not exist a generation from now, 20-some-odd years, they won't be there anymore because the nature of work never stops changing. And you don't want to be road pizza. You don't want to be run over by the changes in technology or in life that change the nature of work. You want to be dynamic with that. And so I want you to think of On your day of graduation, whatever you're graduating from, the idea of education being a lifelong thing, training being a lifelong thing, I'm obsessed with learning. And for me, not necessarily in the traditional classroom. I know that people tend to be surprised That I was never a very good student in a traditional classroom, but in the classroom of life, learning as I go over the years, I have a thirst for knowledge that makes me a natural for the continually evolving world that we live in and what happens with what skills are most sought in the marketplace. So, I'm way at one extreme. A lot of people, well, we kind of get set in our ways and our habits. And that's when you get run over. So, first things first. Through your working lifetime, try to always do what you love. Don't be in a job that you're miserable going to. It's fine even when you love your work for weekends to always feel too short. But when the work week feels too long, that's when you really need to think about what you're doing with your life. You know, our time on earth is short, is precious. And not in a hedonistic way, but in a fulfilling way, You want to get as much joy out of life as you can. For the typical person, you spend more hours involved with work than you do any other activity, other than sleeping maybe. So that work you do should be something that brings relevance into your life and, dare I say, joy into your life. But if work is just drudgery, Come on. And with work, the more you do things that have you at the cutting edge of what's going on in the world, the direction the world's going, the better you're going to be treated, typically, the more you'll likely make, and the more options you have with your life moving forward. Money should not be worshipped, but money is certainly appreciated from the work you do, but money is not what creates joy or satisfaction in your life. What creates joy and satisfaction in your life are the relationships in your life, the people you're with. If you are a religious person, the connection you have to your religion is very important to you, to your community, to your family, to your friends. And in the workplace, if you have your work be something that brings you pleasure and relevance, then it's great. And I find that people who really pursue a passion do so much better mentally and emotionally Over time. And I got something to say to you. If you're 24 or younger, don't do what you're going to do with your life because a parent told you that's what you should be doing. You can love that parental influence, but do what you love is what you do really important because who do you need to be true to yourself who's the one who needs to enjoy getting up in the morning and going to a place of work you just because it worked for a mom or dad or whatever doesn't mean it's right for you if what they do is something that you think you'd love great Then they feel like they won, but you won too. But my experience most of the time is that it doesn't play that way. And so do what brings you fulfillment, satisfaction, joy, and relevance. And to stay relevant, remember, today, your graduation day, is only the start of your education. Not the end. Now that was eight minutes, Krista. Impressive. Do you know my rule as a commencement speaker? What? That people may be happy that so-and-so is going to be their speaker, but they never want them to talk long. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) So I never wanted to go over 10 minutes. I always wanted to stay single digits on a commencement speech.
1: I think you should add one thing. Go straight to 15% savings on your retirement.
0: That is absolutely true, and it shows that you should have given the. No, I learned that from you.
1: That. I learned that from you. Just rip the band-aid off with your first job.
0: Yeah, because it's not ripping a band-aid off. If you from you've been used to living on like nothing typically when you've been in school past high school. And so when you get that first job, if you save money like a maniac, there's nothing to miss because the paycheck, even what you have left, brings you a lot more purchasing power than you had while you were in school and study.
1: All right, let's get to a couple of questions here. Um Michelle in Missouri says, what's the best way to replace the key fob to my 2020 Honda CRV? I contacted an automotive locksmith. His quote was higher than the, than the car dealer. Any suggestions?
0: So what I would recommend is something that I've done both ways that have saved me money. One, I have bought key fobs on eBay many times because I'm a forgetful guy and I lose keys. And then you can pay to have it programmed usually at a fraction of cost of starting from the ground up, having to buy the new uh, key fob and have that programmed right from a dealer. The other thing is there are now third-party services that are available in every midsize and large market. Some are mobile. Others, you go to a fixed location where they say they can sell you a key fob and program it for any vehicle, I would say they can do it for most vehicles and still save you at least a third of what you'd pay replacing that Honda key fob at a Honda dealer.
1: And listen to this from Kenneth in Georgia. Whenever my employer needs cash on hand, they write a personal check to me and ask me to cash it. I don't like doing this and feel like it shouldn't be happening. Should I ask them to stop?
0: Wow, Kenneth, that is bonkers. So here's who you get your check from. Some point if that check bounces that you've cashed for them, (laughs) what do you do then? You are in a lose-lose situation. It's your employer. If you want to keep working there, I think you have to keep doing this for your employer, but it is an unacceptable abuse of you as an employee. I'm gathering you work for a very small business. And I would say that you keep doing this if you love your job. Otherwise, keep doing it and go find it. In the meantime, go look for another job and go work somewhere else. Crazy.
1: Yeah. And this is from Eric. He says, how should I decide how much cash to keep in an emergency fund knowing that inflation is always devaluing the spending power of that cash?
0: Eric, this is a challenge that people regardless of income are facing right now is that any money in an emergency fund, which is really designed to deal with the unexpected, uh, unexpected illness, job loss, a repair that a vehicle needs, a repair that a home may need, whatever it is, a new air conditioner at a home, anything like that. So the money that you have in an emergency fund, you can't really fret about the fact that it's eroding due to inflation. You just have to live with that, that the more important thing with emergency fund money is that you have it knowing that over time you will suffer some erosion, but when a big expense happens, you have that money available. So an emergency fund, if you've built up a good conscientious one, it will be three months of typical spending to six months of typical spending in your life. And so that amount of money in your life does get impacted by inflation. It is a cost of doing business and worth it. And inflation is going to be a problem for the U.S. economy moving forward. I need to address that on a future podcast, and I promise I will. Next, do you use a photo storage service of any kind? Well, I want you to know that there's a deadline up ahead where you can store all the photos you've taken digitally from today prior for free essentially forever but you got to act quick you've got just days left to take advantage of an incredible free offer this sounds like a tv commercial <laughs> yeah that's right if you act now the first 100 callers <laughs> now, this one is real this one is not a scam and it truly is free If you use an iPhone or an Android, you have the ability through May 31 to download a copy of all your digital photos forever prior to a Google Photos account. Google Photos, if you save those photos in what's called high quality, which is actually a misnomer. It's actually lower than full resolution, but a decent resolution copy. You can have a copy of all your photos stored in basically semi-perpetuity at no cost and access at any time at no cost. Very well indexed in Google's photo system. Now, this is a special deal. Would you look at that? Google thought I wanted to ask it about photos, and now my computer is talking to me. Knock it off. How do I get it to stop? Stop this crazy thing. There we go. It stopped. So (laughs) Google's always listening, isn't it? Anyway, so Google Photos is a very simple app to use on an iPhone, uh, native on most Android phones. I find very few iPhone users know about or use Google Photos and pay Apple a fortune for photo storage. So with Google, all photos from May 31 back, as long as you have downloaded them to Google Photos by May 31, you're good for what they say is forever now the bad is that people who've used google photos for years have gotten used to and always had free storage and again any pictures stored to google photos up till may 31 will be free forever but any starting june 1st forward you'll have to pay google to store your photos There it goes again. Google thinking I want to talk to it again. Google, knock it off. So is that crazy? It's your Chromebook. Yep. And I never said those command words that I will not (laughs) repeat. So... Always listening. These these electronic devices. Creepy with all the listening. Anyway, um, with photo storage, once June is underway, we will review what's available in the marketplace because it's going to set off a new competition to store photos and we will post a briefing for you on Clark.com of what will be the best deals moving forward uh, in June forward and that will change over time for storing your photos and this is becoming a real profit center for Apple and will be for Google now to store your photos because you know what's happened is our photos have all ended up trapped in digital land. You know, people used to print out photos. I know this is weird. If you were born in the last 15 years, you may not know how pictures used to work, but you take them with a camera that had something in it called film, and then you'd have to take the film to have it developed somewhere, and then you'd have pictures. There were actual pieces of paper, glossy or matte finish, and then you'd have photo albums you'd store these pictures in. I know it sounds crazy, doesn't it? So today, They all end up stored in this digital universe. And I would be remiss if I did not say or add, last time we talked about photo storage, the idea of having your photos stored on some form of local media of your own, either a hard drive, portable hard drive, a zip drive, something like that, and that you won't be paying anybody for. You could even use it as a secondary or primary source of backup of all your pictures.
1: Okay. Speaking of that, Donald in Florida says, recently you were talking about keeping and getting rid of receipts. You said you took pictures of them. I did that until I started looking at my cloud, like Google Photos, and what I found were pictures of my passport, driver's licenses, prescriptions, all types of information about me. I stopped my automatic uploads of pictures and went back and deleted the ones that contained information.
0: And thank you for mentioning that, Donald. So with, um, in the case of you using Google Photos, you can instead put documents like your passport in your Google Drive. And that's considered to be a more secure place for documents rather than having them in photos. And that's actually where my um, documents reside, is in Drive. And you get a certain amount of Drive space for free And more than enough, I think, to store your uh, documents that you're talking about, as long as you're not using Google Drive for widespread storage of content.
1: Okay. And this is from Shane in California. After we suspected some rats were under our house, we hired a pest service to handle it. They said they might do various things like putting rat traps up, plugging holes with concrete, et cetera. That week, they sent a bill with no details for $175. We asked for an itemized description of what specifically they did. They haven't responded, and it's been months, even though we have sent multiple emails asking for a description of the work. We know what they did something. For example, we see one rat trap and one concrete hole plugged up, but we're worried that they may bring us to a debt collection agency if we don't pay the invoice. It just seems reasonable that they should provide a description of what they're charging us for. Should we just pay it? So, Shane, this one's tough
0: because, as best you can tell, they actually did some work for you, but they certainly have burned any bridge with you being a future customer. Um, There was apparently no clear delineation of what they would do and what you would have to pay for it. In this circumstance, I would say this is a form of tuition, and you pay the $175 as a lesson learned in the school of life because to not pay it when some form of service was rendered it seems like not the best choice. And depending on each state, you may even face the possibility of liens being placed on your property. I don't know the lien period that's eligible in the state of California, but more likely what you said about... A debt collector at some point is a more likely outcome, but I think just pay the 175
1: Okay, and Celine in California says a dealer documented the price of a car. It was also listed on the car, including the interest rate for me to use when speaking with my credit union. They called me the next day to say they made an error, and the actual price is $8,000 more. Is this legal, or can I demand they stay with the original price, which they documented?
0: Oh, Celine, Celine, Celine. We hear so many things like this with car sales, and it is a classic form, potentially a bait and switch. It is also possible that there was an error made internally at the dealer. Hard to know. The way you would find out what's really the scoop is see what price that vehicle's listed at still today, on the dealer's website or even send someone else a friend or relative to go see if that price is still listed on the car itself. So this is something where the dealer has broken trust with you and as to whether you have a legal right to demand they honor the original price only if you found that they were still listing that price on the website or physically on the vehicle at the dealership. Because if you are not in a contract for purchase at the pre-agreed the pre, um, price, then you don't have the right to compel them to honor that unless they are in fact committing an act of deceit with telling you it's $8,000 more will they still try to sell it at the original price.
1: And this is from Michael in Michigan. Clark, I appreciate most of your show, but the rants against banks need to stop. Not all banks are evil and not all operate like Chase or Wells Fargo. Community banks serve a vital role by donating back to the area and helping consumers and businesses just as much as any credit union. Your obvious bias makes you sound like a moron. Do some research.
0: Thank you, Michael. This is a response from Moron, and I do love community banks, and if you listen to me long enough, you'll hear me differentiate community banks, which are locally owned and operated. they are people in the community running banks for the community, play a vital role, particularly in small business. The problem we have in the country is that because of the uh, scandals And the financial bust that started in 07, almost all community banks in the United States closed. There are very few left to great harm, particularly to small business formation around the country. So I love community banks. What I'd love is for people in local communities to go start a lot more community banks because they are a bank with a great difference. I see in city after city around the country that giant monster mega banks in each metro area now control more than half of all banking in each metro area, and in some, close to 75% of banking, to great harm to people in that community. And I want to thank you for joining us. If you want more moronic advice, <laughs> Please visit Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com for more money-saving advice you can trust.